Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Living. I'm Tara Davis. I am joined today by my dear friend, Julie Guthrie, who has joined me before on my podcast. Julie is a life coach and avid blogger, and we always just seem to have the best conversations. And so I asked her to join me today in this year in review. We are going to talk about what has transpired in the last year we are both bloggers and so what we've noticed when we blog is that it's usually 99% of the time all about what's going on in our personal lives that's the inspiration and so as I started looking back through my own blogs I realized that I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to talk about it with someone else and who better than Julie because we just flow with conversation. So Julie, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's fun to be here. Don't mind my scratchy voice for, you know, I feel perfectly fine, but for some reason, my voice does not sound fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's actually kind of fun to listen to. So welcome, welcome, welcome with your scratchy voice. We are going to... Yeah, we're going to get started today. Um, As I was looking back in the last couple of days, I remember sending you a note and said, oh, my God, this is not going to be just one show. It's going to be two because there's a lot to talk about. And when you and I start in that flowy conversation, I don't want to be able to just have to wean it into one hour. So we are dividing this up into two pieces, starting with January. And so... When I look back through January, starting on my blog posts in January, the first one was slowing down and being mindful of what was going on and having a balance. So already I was recognizing in January my speed was too fast. I was trying to force. I was trying to get way too much done in a small amount of time, and I wasn't being mindful and being present in each moment. I was trying to force everything to happen versus allowing it. There's such a different energy. Would you agree, Julie? Oh, definitely. And that's, um, (laughs) it's like a metaphor for my life in some ways, the whole so many times that I've forced things instead of just letting them occur. And then you end up in a situation where you're like, how do I end up here? What just happened? (laughs) This isn't what I thought. Right. And we've forced, we've forced the issue to happen. And we've created this pile of crap instead of this lovely outcome that we wanted to happen. But it takes, it's hard not to do that because, You know, you get this vision of where you want things to go. And with me, it's an impatience piece, right? You want to see see it come to fruition right away versus just easing itself into um, a vision or the way it's going to work out. I agree. And the patience for me, I am really practicing patience. It's been one of my biggest life lessons, I'm always practicing patience because I know I have lived in some other time. Like you just thought 
your thought and it was manifested instantaneously. And so living here in this density of this planet, I have to practice patience because we cannot instantly manifest our thoughts. So I have to wait and I have to wait for the timing of the universe. I have to wait for the timing of everything else that's involved in what I want to manifest. Everything else has to be in alignment. It's just not me. (laughs) Although I'd like to think that egocentric way of it's just all about me, but it's not right. We have to wait (laughs) for the rest of the world to be in alignment like everything has to line up it's not even it's not even you know the planets and the stars have to align it's totally true everything has to be in alignment and we have to have that patience for it to happen yeah and that's um it's honestly one of the over you know overlying themes i think that i've seen over the past year for me is that when i get really reflective about where i've been and the choices I've made and why I've made them, I see that that whole aspect of forcing life to happen is the reason so many things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. But kind of the magic of all of that is that in the last year, had all that not happened, I would not be here today working so diligently on myself and really come into grips with who I am. And then, I mean, I know we're probably going to talk about this further, but um, just the expansion that's occurred over the last year, it's like the shedding of a being mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rebirth anew. So mm-hmm. I totally, I, I totally agree. And I love that you said that because, I feel the same. There has been so many shifts. And I actually, um, you know, I wish I would have made a, a few more notes on the horoscope for this year. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I thought, God, what was the entire overall planetary horoscope, you know, for me for the year? Um, and I listened to it and I thought, God, if that couldn't have been more spot on, it was about internal change. Um, bringing forth myself, weeding out what is no longer serving me, getting even more clear on my purpose here in the pla- on the planet to, to do what I'm here to do, bringing in alignment those around me who I serve and who serve me so that we are equally serving each other in whatever capacity that we're here to do that. And so when I listened, I thought – that all of that has happened and more and on so many different levels. The shifting has, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just for me, I almost, you don't see it sometimes, but in the beginning of the year, I think I was floundering a little bit. I was on the path, but I was still holding back. What exactly am I doing? What exactly is my focus? Who exactly am I serving? How am I going to serve? Um, and really, I, I hadn't fully embraced who I am and owned my, you know, owning your power and allowing that to shine. So those are some of the major shifts that have happened mm. probably more in, even in the last six months when I started to see what, what the universe was throwing at me and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for this. 
it came my way, I'm going to try it. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to, so many things have happened. And I feel like it's just been this acceleration up until now. Like the past few months have been, whoa. <laughs> Huge shift. I giggle only because, you know, we share what goes on together personally. And I giggle because you aren't kidding. You are on a fast track. Yeah. It's kind of, of, but it is the most empowering, thrilling peace to feel. And in that, there's so much peace. It's not scary. It's it's so damn exciting. Right. And I agree with you. I love that you said there's peace because in the growth, growth isn't always easy. I don't know when growth really is easy. Um, It's scary. It's freaky. It's unknown. But there's an ease and a peace. I love that you just said that. There's a peace to growth because for me, I always know, well, as uncomfortable as this is, I know I'm on the right path. So as painful or as hard or difficult or intense as whatever that piece of growth is, you're right. There is peace in the knowing of I am on the right path. Yeah. In fact, I recently did a post about growth um, and it was just how it, it was saying that it's, it's just to, just to your point that it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness, but it's really not that easy because our biggest growth spurts come from pain and heartbreak and loss and just feeling punched in the gut sometimes. So that's kind of where the biggest, you know, they have, it's kind of one of those things that's out there. Your biggest source of pain is often your biggest opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. That, it, but when you decide to do the work and dig in, like I've done for so long, I tried to just bury the shame and ignore it and you know, hope nobody noticed the flawed person that I saw when I looked in the mirror. But that's just being a victim. That's just allowing all your power to go away to all these past events. And that's the part that um, I see has been so good for me that once you put it out there and you accept all this and you say, okay, thank you demons for all the lessons you gave me, but I'm good now. And thanks for all the growth. Then it's like, you just own your power more. It's like, oh, wow, I'm bigger and better. Thank God all this stuff happened to me or I would be some timid person. Um, and then it actually prompted me. Somebody said, well, why don't you blog about this, make a bigger post about it? So I actually was writing some of that this morning, which is so perfect for what we're talking about. Um, and and I, the, the phrase that came to mind is, why growth can hurt so good. <laughs> um, which you know I guess you can interpret that anyway but um, it, it does it, it's painful but once you get through that pain it, it feels amazing so yeah it does and the caveat into that also in January I wrote about belief work um, the law of attraction and feelings of in, the, in that belief work, 
feelings of unworthiness, feeling that I was unlovable, feeling that I wasn't good enough. And so as we are talking, the law of attraction is completely as well what we're talking about from the perspective of what you put out is what you're getting back. And so if you're not enjoying what you're getting back from the universe and what you're getting back from all your friends around you and your family and your life is just not working. It's what you're putting out. And so I remember reading on my blog post about beliefs and what my beliefs were that I wanted to work on my beliefs and figure out where, where these deep held beliefs were that I'm not worthy or that I'm not lovable or that I'm not good enough or whatever beliefs that I held at the moment. And so it's so awesome for me because unbeknownst to me at that time in January, that has been one of the core things that I have been working on this entire year. And literally still yesterday I was actually doing, um, my whole family was gone out of the house for several hours. And so I I took advantage of the time and about an hour and a half of that time I used, um, doing more belief work from a book that I'm reading, really digging down to find out what beliefs I still hold. And so I was still holding the belief that I, if I attract so much good, something's going to fall apart. So I was still holding that belief that something's going to happen, even though if I have all this good in my life, Something's eventually going to come. So I had to shift that belief. And there's different exercises in this book that help you to shift the belief that the more good I do, the more good is going to come. And nothing is going to fall apart because I'm, you know, doing all this good. And so all year long, I have been on a path of working on my beliefs so that I can show up more in the world for who I am and who I'm supposed to be in the world, the more I work on my beliefs, the more that my core foundation becomes so much more solid so that I am comfortable being me out in the world. Yeah, that, that's funny because we're, we're again, always seem to be along the same track. Mm. And I read, a, I read a book that knocked my socks off. Um, it was a 40-day book. I, I'll throwing its mask and kiss, clean your power. And when you talk about the beliefs that you've been living with and what's holding you back, that's part of the journey of that book was going back to, and there he talks about there's some original incident that has Mm -hmm. sort of developed these survival patterns that we have. And boy, did I take a journey back to grade school, high school, And when you write all these things that have happened, why it is, like one of my big ones was, um, I'm not good enough. I I don't matter. Like I had this need to matter or feel needed or something. But when I go back, where did I lose? Or why did I think that I wasn't good enough? And boy, when you start thinking of all the things that have happened and you really take the time to reflect I couldn't believe all the crap that came up. I was like, Isn't that how amazing? in the world is that still somehow subconsciously in my head? 
That was 20 years ago, more mm-hmm. than 20 years ago. But over time, I think it builds. So then we do get these patterns. And so, you know, for, for that, that for me looked like I've been in and out of relationships. Uh, wanting to be something I thought this other person wanted me to be so I would feel like I mattered to them and that I was good enough for them. God forbid I just be myself. They might not want me or I might not be good enough. And so I've seen mm-hmm. these patterns and I, I look back and think, God, was I like desperate? <laughs> you know, I don't think it was desperation at all. It's just really not fully embracing who you are. And I think for me, I, in all of these years, it, you can't lose yourself in all of that. All of a sudden, mm. I'm in and out of relationships. I'm sort of like, who am I anymore? Um, I don't even know. I've been trying on all these different versions. Um, so that was one big piece for me. So to then say, this is who I am. I'm going to own it, and I'm going to speak about it. And we talked about this on our last um, podcast a little bit about the fallout. Like, this mm-hmm. is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. I don't need to be needed. I don't need that anymore. I want to be in relationships with people or with a man where there's a wholeness to the people I'm with, where there's no need to be needed. Like, I'm, you're totally good with who you are. And the relationships that will cook, you know, more people will show up and some people will just go away. And we touched on that a little bit before. But, boy, I, I mean, I see that. It's just happening all around me. And it certainly has over the last six months. Randomly, things happen. And you're thinking, where did this person come from? Well, <laughs> it's because this is what you're putting out. This is what you said, the law of attraction. Yeah, and, I, and it when you shift, when you consciously make that shift, it's interesting. I just wanted to touch really quick on the beliefs and and why we perpetuate the old beliefs, because you were right. You said something about, you know, you just, it keeps going and it keeps building, which it does. If you have the belief, I'm not good enough, even if it's in that subconscious, your mind, your brain looks everywhere for proof that I'm not good enough. So you've built upon that belief. We have built upon that belief that I'm not good enough. So for me, it really started young that I wasn't good enough. So I've been building on that belief for 40 plus years that I'm not good enough. And so when you shift it and you make that conscious decision, and let's back up even further, even before you can shift it, you got to figure out what that belief is, right? I mean, you got to figure out what, how, why am I attracting all of this? Why am I not happy in this particular situation or in this particular place in my life? So then you got to figure out what that belief is. And yeah, for me, it was one of them, one of them. I mean, I've got like, right. I think I'm, I think I'm on like 15 right now. <laughs> that I just, didn't even know were playing in the background. Like I have these different beliefs that have been playing that I didn't realize. And I thought up until now, I thought, I think I've led a pretty good life, but it was my desire to have a freaking fantastic, fabulous life that has made me desire a great, great shift. And so like you, when you desire such a radical change in your life and you realize 
holy cow, I'm really supposed to be doing something with my life and something so much bigger and better than what I can even dream, it prompts you and puts you on that path to clean your shit up. Like, let's clean the closet big time and get out everything that isn't working. And so as much as I have been working on it for the past year, it's really shown up in a big way probably since August. It's really been prominent in my life so then I'm not good enough and money has been a really big issue and I'm not good enough came with the money stuff I'm not good enough to earn a lot of money money is for everyone else and I've touched on this as well in several different uh, uh, podcasts and um, blogs that these came from patterns as well from my childhood we didn't have money and so I thought money was for for everyone else and everyone else earned a lot of money not me so I chose to make these conscious shifts and it is doing that work because like you said as well it's hard and it's painful you have to go back and revisit like where this came from and then you have to make that conscious effort to shift it and for me part of my exercise is that once I find these different pieces and beliefs and then I change them, I either have to write them out or vocalize, like say them every day for 60 days. So I am committed for 60 days to making these shifts and saying this. And what shows up is incredible. When you are on that path, it's really fun and interesting and incredibly life-changing. It is. I, I'm astounded by it, actually, because when I would, if I would talk about how I think I'm not good enough, one of the barriers is that you get people around you that know you, family, friends. Oh, how could you not be confident? I mean, I just, my parents were just here, and I think my mom was just wondering how could I have felt that I wasn't good enough or how did I lose my confidence because you've done this and you've done this, and I have, I've done one, I've, had more adventures than maybe some people have in a lifetime. I've accomplished many things. I've lived in different places. There's all this good stuff. So you want that to be um, that. But what I noticed about all of that, that was me. A lot of the things that I have done, yeah, it was great, and I'm glad I did them. But there was an element of wanting to achieve these certain things so that I would feel like I matter and that I'm good enough. Well, if I can get this PR, if I can qualify for this, if I can finish this race, like I'm good enough, I'm good enough. Which then leads me to another point that I've discovered in my growth is I have been seeking all my happiness externally. Mm. I don't even, you know, that whole idea of self-love and look in the mirror and say I love you. Years ago, that seemed a little woo-woo to me. I wasn't ready to be in that space. Um, But when I look at how I was seeking externally, I think even to some of my earlier relationships, I was looking for someone to make me happy. And that's a huge burden to place on somebody. So it's that. And if I move to this space, if I have this certain job, if I earn this amount of money, I'll be good enough. I'll be good enough because this is who I should be. Um, so it's a lot of this external validation. And I, when you can finally say something's not right, 
I'm looking in the mirror and I don't really know who I see. I'm not necessarily happy, even though by society standards, I should be thrilled. I should just be grateful. I should just be thankful for everything that I have. But if you don't feel it deep in your own soul that you really love yourself and love who you are, there's just no way any of that stuff matters. It's like you might as well have nothing. (laughs) And that's kind of what I've discovered is none of that stuff matters until I totally love myself. And when you get to that and you're able to think, I love all my, I love all the things I've maybe not done right or wrong. Um, I love all the bad stuff that's happened, all the pain. Like I love all that because look who I am today. I am just going to constantly be becoming a better version. So that kind of went all over the place a little bit, but it's like one belief triggers another belief. And you then mm. I guess it's the point of how you start on one path of I don't matter led to, wow, I'm speaking externally in all these different ways, not just in relationships, but with achievements and money and geography and all these other external things are happening. So it just, once you open up the can of worms, I guess, <laughs> Be ready for yeah. the storm because it's going to be coming. <laughs> <laughs> it does, and I love that you just said it affects so many different areas in your of your life because it does. For me, that one piece of I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. So those those are two separate beliefs, but for me, they have been almost one and the same. They've kind of congealed throughout my entire life, <clears throat> and they went into relationships. They went into, I'm not good enough for, to make a lot of money, or I'm not good enough to be out in the world, or I'm not good enough to, and they, and I just recognized when I started doing the work, how many areas of my life were affected by those two beliefs. And those were pretty big core beliefs. There's lots of other beliefs that I had that I'm working on and and shifting, but those two core beliefs for me, like you had just said, yeah, showed up in so many ways. Like even through grade school and high school, looking back, that was one of our exercises to do. How did I'm not good enough show up for you in high school? And I was looking at it going, oh my God, it showed up in all of these different ways. And I'm not worthy showed up in all of these different ways. And then through dating, it showed up because I didn't date the caliber of men. If I had a daughter, I would have said, what? The, the caliber of men <laughs> that I was choosing, I was choosing because they were, I, I didn't feel good enough, right? And so I looked back going, I loved those guys, and they fully served my vibe that I was putting out that I'm not good enough. So they brought that right to me that I wasn't good enough. And so, gosh, just that vibration that we put out, that that was actually another thing that I blogged about was the vibe that we put out but before we get there let's come back to the vibe because I want to kind of segue into our inner guidance in February I really focused on gosh it's almost 12 30 we're only on February (laughs) (laughs) okay 
we're talking about what we need to talk about. So inner guidance, this has been, again, something else that's been really strong for me because at the beginning of learning how to listen and how to trust my intuition, I had to ask for external um, feedback. And so I would ask the universe, you know, please give me a sign. If this is the way I'm supposed to go, or is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Or am I on the right path? <clears throat> and so I would ask for external guidance or confirmation or denial of, okay, please show me whatever it is that I need to be doing. And I would really, you know, tune up the, amplify my antenna to listen and see what guidance was coming in. Like, for example, you know, what book cover like pops in my lap or what song on the radio comes in that I'm like, Oh my God, those are the exact words I needed to hear. Or you might overhear a conversation or you might get an email that says exactly what you needed to hear. So whatever that guidance is that came in, I was really listening to that guidance. And throughout the year, it was really fun to, to find this piece um, this weekend as I was starting to do this because I thought, oh, my God, I've been really honing in on this internally this year as well. So instead of asking for the external guidance, which is where I needed to start, now the universe is guiding me to go within and to feel and to rely on the sense of knowingness and feeling. And so now, maybe one out of every 10 times, I'll go like, good God, can you just please give me a sign? I, I don't want to think about it this time. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I will get it. But what I have learned to rely on over the year of this year is that internal gut feeling and to just go with it and learn, oh, I, I was right. I do know how to do this and rely on that internal gut instinct. But we all have to start somewhere, right? We all have to start wherever it is that we are. So for me, the internal piece this year has been about listening and quieting down and practicing that internal guidance. Yeah, that is... That is something, again, you and I in sync um, have been working on as well because I was the type, and this is probably one of my, you know, limiting beliefs, or I felt like for the longest time, and I've done this where I thought I felt a certain way, oftentimes I didn't voice my opinion. I would hold things back because I wanted to have peace um, with, you know, whoever I'm with um, so I wouldn't speak up. And sometimes when I would start to feel a little itch about something, rather than I, even though I already know which direction I want to go or what I want to do, my problem was that I would always pull people. Call my mom. Call my three of my friends. What do you think about this? What do I think? And then take all of that in. And oftentimes I would go the opposite direction of what I know I wanted to do because I let all this external noise get in the way. Mm. And so I, 
I went through then a period of, oh, self-doubt. Like, I don't even know. People say trust your gut. You know, listen to your intuition. I don't even know if I can do that. I don't even know if it's right. And it's because I allowed external voices to plant doubt within me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I try not to pull a lot of people, and I especially don't. Like, you and I are on this path of growth, and we have this synergy. So if I were to kick an idea around with you, I know that there would be an objective viewpoint, some experience. There would be some really valid input that I would be seeking. And I may only ask one person, or I may only kick it around with one person. I don't go out and I don't need to cry about it and, you know, go call a friend and talk to my mom, and, you know, beat it, beat it like a dead horse before I make a decision. That was just one of those, holy cow, I'm exhausting myself. Mm. So that was one of the pieces I needed to work on. And so now it's funny when you start to listen and say there's a night I've, and I've had a couple of people will might there's the camp that will say, oh, it just happens. There's no meaning to it. Well, I know that at times when I've gone to bed and I've really focused on, okay, give me some guidance. Give me a little help. Am I on the right path? I just want to know. I want to feel it. Where some things have happened, and I'm like, there's no coincidence. Okay, absolutely. These pieces are coming into play for a very good reason. So um, I guess to your point about that whole intuition piece and that inner guidance, like stop taking it external. Stop second-guessing it. Because sometimes there's always a little bit of second-guessing, I suppose. But I think your initial reaction is typically like you know the answer. It's just a really shitty path you have to take if that's the path you choose. It's going right? to sometimes. And, um, and it's, it goes back to the testing days. Remember, teachers would always say, go with your gut, go with your first instinct and answer the question. <laughs> but then you erase it and change your answer to, you know, D, none of the above, and you were right in the first place. You should have gone with B. You know? mm-hmm. That's exactly what I would do, second guess, second guess, doubt, go out, pull, pull everyone around me. So when you start listening to that, I think you really hone in on, you see the little things and you just know, like you just start to know that what you're doing is is right. And as things show up, which they have for me, um, people, events, conversations, relationships, I mean, you and I reconnecting, it's like when you, when you open up to that, so many things will happen that you won't even, some of that doubt will go away. You'll say, yep, I know this is what I need to do. I know this is the direction I want to go. Um, mm. But, yeah. And I, I, I want to even further that with when you're listening to your intuition and your guidance and that gut feeling, I encourage and invite all of us, because I have to remind myself as well, to listen without judgment. So that's almost the hardest part is to listen to the guidance without judgment because then here's what happens with me. So I get the guidance or the really strong feeling that, yes, I'm supposed to 
you know, for example, yes, I'm supposed to go left with this, or I'm supposed to go over here with this. And then what happens is, is that I want to know what the end result is. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll go over here. Mm-hmm. And then my mind starts creating stories. Well, if I go over here, this could happen. Oh, God, or this could happen. Or maybe yeah. that could happen. You know, so then I create this entire freaking story. I'm 10, year, 10 minutes down into this rabbit hole of creating a story when really the only answer I needed was just take a left. That's it. I just have to follow that piece. <laughs> and then the next piece will come, right? So practicing without judgment and without wanting to create stories can be really challenging sometimes because I think our brain automatically wants to do that. So that's something I'm practicing as well, listening to the guidance and just following it without wanting to know the result, without wanting to know what's next, just go to step two. And then when you do step three, we'll show up. Do you recognize that at all, Julie, when you're doing your stuff? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that it goes into the patience piece, but it also, Mm -hmm. it it makes me think I went to an event um, with a dear friend. She's been such a, uh, another thing that came in, another person that came into my life to be such a strong spiritual mentor for me and um, somebody who's been doing this for quite a long time. But I went to an event with her. And when you're talking about that whole inner guidance, one of the things that whole notice what you're noticing, but also what can you do today with where you are now, with what you have now? So if, if you can listen to that and know that, okay, I don't know what the outcome is, but what can I do today to continue down that path? So, you know, I'm, I'm going left. I don't know what's at the end of the road, but if I go left and I, there's an obstacle here, but what can I do today to even further advance down that road? even if it's a small thing, even if it's a little thing. So I think it's, I don't know what the end game looks like, but I know that every day I can do something that's going to put me down that path. So you feel like you're making progress and you feel like the end is getting closer every time you take a little action step. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you kind of take the pressure off of knowing what's at the end of the line because you know oh, that God. you're at least working towards it. It does because there's so, I personally put so much pressure on myself with wanting to know the end result. And it's so funny because I almost play these games with the universe. Well, I'll do it if you'll tell me the end result, you know. (laughs) When in fact, really, it's just our job to show up today in this moment. Like that's it. And something that you had just said um, reminded me, I was, listening again, you and I are just lovers of Gabby Bernstein. And so I was listening to her replay of her uh, forthcoming book, Judgment Detox. And so I was listening to her talk again this morning as I was running and I was reminded of just being, have you listened to that one yet? No, I haven't yet. Girl. So good. Tell me. (laughs) God, I mean, listening to it again, I was like, God, I don't think I heard that the first time. It's just so good and really good reminders of getting out of our own judgment. And I think what was in there was like the five steps to, um, gosh, what was it? Super attractor, the five steps to be a super attractor. And one of them in manifestation 
was to be in that place of gratitude right now, not in 20 minutes, but like right now, what are you grateful for? And so that the more that you are in that space of gratitude, the easier path is to follow. And so quit trying to figure out what's coming next. Just enjoy it right now. And even if you're in a shit place, there's got to be something that you that you can find grateful for. Even if it's, oh, thank God, I'm grateful for these clean clothes that I have on, then be in that space and then find the next thing. And it, it up-levels you to that space right. of, yeah, of joy and manifestation, which then brings you back to the present rather than being in the story 20 minutes down the rabbit hole of, whatever you're trying to manifest, which really isn't happening. Being in that space. Yeah, go ahead. It kind of makes me think of at this um, event I went to, we had to do these exercises where we would think of our dream and, you know, say three years from now, we would be telling our friend where we are based on, here's my dream today. This is where I want to be in three years. And I think, what, what you're saying about the gratitude piece and being in it, and you talk about the vibe, and that's one of the big things you talked about is being on the vibrational level with where you want to go. So if you have these ideas and you're getting in the judgment and the negativity, you're not on the vibrational level with where you want to go. And I, it won't happen. It's energy. It's just a law. I don't think, I don't think you will – things will start to happen – your way if you don't put yourself in a good good vibration. Um, mm. And so the gratitude, it does. It keeps, it keeps you up. It keeps you um, positive and focused, and, and it prevents you from going backwards. I, that's, that's kind of my theme now. I'm like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. <laughs> I keep going forward. Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, well, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. One of my favorite posts that I did in February was contribution or vocal pollution, because I was noticing that me and others around me were in the mode of complaining or nitpicking or sarcasm or, you know, just kind of that, that, that all the time. And I thought, I am polluting, like I am vocally polluting my surroundings. And if I am not, if I am not the one who is responsible for it and I'm not going to take responsibility, why do I expect others around me to shift their shit and be responsible if I'm not? You know, I was thinking, God, if you would just clean up your mouth, man or woman, you know, whomever, I think things would be a lot better for you. And I thought, okay, well, wait a minute. These people are just showing me, my friends, my family was just showing me what's coming out of my own mouth. They were the mirror. And so I really (laughs) focused on my thoughts because our thoughts also create our reality. I mean, you can't think shitty thoughts all day and think really negative thoughts all day and have a really great outer life. It just isn't going to happen. And so I cleaned up my thoughts, like I cleaned up any negative thoughts that I was having, not that they're not going to go away because that's, you know, you have this monkey mind that's going a bazillion miles a minute. And so when those thoughts would come in, I would just observe them and then let them go versus 
attaching to them and, you know, grabbing onto that negative thought that came in or grabbing onto that sarcasm or like, oh my God, I could so do that better. Whatever came in, I would just recognize it and then let it pass and then think, okay, how can I shift this? Let's get something positive. And so what has transpired, transpired for me is that all of that chatter has really quieted down. Like as I was, again, putting all these notes together for the show, I realized for all of the noise that used to be available in my mind, it's probably 80% quieted down because I don't have the need to attach to those thoughts. And here, even going deeper than that, is that because I don't have those, or the reason that I don't have the need to attach to those thoughts is because I've been working on the beliefs. So the beliefs kept me stuck, and the need to attach to those thoughts made me feel better. Can you totally get with that? Yeah, and I'm kind of chuckling because the whole, first of all, I could play the woe is me card like nobody. (laughs) Woe is me. Wallow, wallow, and then I want people to come into my little circle of self-pity and bitch moan, complain about what's wrong because then I feel good. See, I'm validated. Everything I'm feeling is validated. And then if you take that, maybe say to the workplace or somewhere where the negativity, like you almost bond with somebody over bitching and complaining because you're both Mm. bitching about the same thing. Oh, yeah, we're, we're tight now. But your whole relationship is like based on a bunch of bitching and complaining. That's what you mm-hmm. share. That's your that's your bond. So yeah. and so again, that whole mirror mirror thing. The more you start to want to change and grow, and you can say, "God, I was that is just ugly behavior on my part. Why am I like this? I need to stop that." Then you start seeing it in other people. And then you go, oh, my God, that's what I sounded like. Oh, my God, I used to do that. I need to quit that. And now I've completely come to a point where it's like when I hear the negativity and people going down the road of complete victim, oh, all this stuff is happening to me. I never get a break. It's all about some, somebody else did something to me, and that's why I'm in, in this position. It's almost like I get numb. I, I don't even know how to respond. It's it's like you don't, you can't even be around it. It's such a negative and you can, when you tune into that whole vibrational level and not wanting to go down there, it's like, Oh, I just don't even want to be around that person. And this could be somebody that you really hung, spent time with before or was in your life quite a bit. But then all the, there comes a point where it just, that just doesn't work for you anymore. You're just not in that place. So it is. It's funny. It becomes, it's like, what the, I like the example of the, the smokers never smelled the smoke until they quit smoking. Now they can't stand <laughs> the smell of a cigarette. It's almost like that. I used to be, I could be a negative Nelly. And now when I hear it, it's like, ooh, that's just not good. Ooh, I don't know that I want to be around all that. You need, I keep thinking in my head, you need to raise your vibrational level. You need to get out of there because you're bringing me down. 
I agree. And it's so funny <clears throat> that what we want to shift, and until we're ready to make that shift, those pieces don't show up. But, man, when we are ready to make the shift, doesn't the shit show up in your life? I mean, it does. It's almost like a shit storm showing up mm-hmm. going, here's all the ways where you're showing up like you don't want to show up. And he, he, yep. you just think, where did all these people come from? <laughs> Who are all these I know, and what's interesting, too, and I, I really felt an impact after this weekend I spent in Dallas with um, my friends. Because people will say, oh, you know, you're so full of sunshine, or, you know, it's just the world isn't like that, blah, blah, blah. Well, I can be in a room and spend three days with 800 other people, and the energy is off the chart. And when you walk out of there, you're going, huh, there is, there is the possibility of a shift on a huge scale if people could all want to take the time to grow and shift and be open to it. And I feel like there could be a, a, just a global shift <laughs> all the way right. out there. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I I think that you, I wanted to tap into, you know, the naysayers that want to say, oh, my God, you just live in such a bubble, like you're not in the real world. But here's the shift side of living in that bubble is that we get to choose what bubble it is that we live in. So we can live in the bubble of negativity and naysayers and all the blah. Or we can choose to live in the bubble of love and light and support and kindness. You get to choose exactly what bubble it is that you live in. And so when people, you know, use that reference of just living in a bubble, I always want to go, I know, I so live in a bubble. Like it's my own self-created bubble of exactly what I want the world to look like. And I get to choose to be in that bubble. And that is my real world. Not that I'm not seeing what's going on with outside of that bubble, I just don't choose to participate. I choose to participate in the bubble of life that I want to live in. Yeah, and isn't that interesting? Because sometimes even, you know, it's my parents, they're, they're wonderful, but, you know, they, don't, they haven't been immersed in this world of growth and self-work and all this stuff for the past two years like I have. But there is, you know, it's not – it's not really a bubble because when you look around at how many people are on a similar journey with us, all the people that, you know, we're reading their books, we're listening to their voice, we're following them, we're taking their wisdom, we're soaking it in, we're repurposing it. There's a whole lot of people in this bubble with us. Mm. So it's not like it's a, they just may not coexist with us. In our little geography, they may not be adjacent to us, but they're out there. And I think that's what I found. My friend, will, she'll, she'll say to me sometimes, well, you don't need a lot of stuff going on in your life. You're doing, you're doing hard work. Like, focus on your work. So I kind of feel like maybe locally I've created a little bubble where, you know, I'm working on me. I'm working on trying to share my message. This is what I'm working on. I don't need you know, a whole bunch of distractions. But then you think your bubble is actually much larger when you take into account all the people across the country or world that are doing this. All of a sudden your bubble expands. So you're really not alone. Even if you feel like you are on a daily basis or people around you don't understand, all these immediate people in your life don't seem to get it. 
you're all alone. You're really not because it's, it's a huge bubble. And, and you know that because think of all the people you've been exposed to. So, right. I love that. I love that you just expanded my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you're so right. It's completely spot on. That bubble is huge. My micro bubble is the exact bubble that I have created, but my bigger cosmic bubble yeah. is big because there is a huge community and it keeps growing every day. The people that think like you and I, or that want to be on that track with us and it grows larger and larger every day. And it feels so good to be in that bubble and in that alignment and in that vibration. <clears throat> and when you're out of it, boy, don't you know it because you just feel that, that yuck. <laughs> right. And, and it does make pregnant. you want to protect, you know, on your day to day sort of living, you do want to, I know I've learned that I do want to protect some of my energy and my momentum. So I do almost want to carry a bubble around with me because it can easily <laughs> by mm. certain people or incidences or maybe you don't want to share things with certain people because you do want to stay in that level. You know, you do want to stay in that vibrational level you're, you're on. You do want to stay on that high. You do want to stay focused on what you're doing. So I've even learned sometimes I don't share with people my wins or my highs or what I'm feeling. Sometimes people just, it's not good to share sometimes mm-hmm. with people who aren't in that bubble with you. So I think it's good to protect your space a little bit because we, you don't want to go back. And I know that I could easily, you know, allow, and I've seen it. I've had it happen to me where, oh, I'm just jazzed up about something. And you share it, you're excited to share it, and all of a sudden you feel like you just literally feel you, the energy just got sucked right out of you. Mm. So, I, yeah, I think kind of that micro bubble is a good thing. But then when you want to expand, you've got, you just might have to get online to find those people or <laughs> hop on a webinar or go to an event or pick up a book or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this is a really good place to stop because I was going to start getting into another month, but we've only got five minutes left. So this is a fantastic <laughs> stop. We've uh, just gotten into March. So next week, <laughs> we will... <laughs> There has been a lot of shifts this year, like crazy. Yeah. Like in the best way. Mm -hmm. I think, wow. Again, I've just really in the last probably month or two been able to verbalize. I said, I literally, if I could, if I could do it physically, I would shed. Like there'd be a snake skin left on the trail behind me and Mm. the new person would be slithering away. Like, yeah, and, and so for that, it's almost like a nothing's going to take this person down. I'm I'm charging, <laughs> right? And why would you go back to the the old skin? There, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, darling, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. I love it when we get to do this together. I know it's like it's so much fun, and it's like one of those times. What makes you feel alive? What, what are you passionate about? When do you feel 
just really on point, these are the times. Like we got to share. (laughs) Right. Okay. We will be right here again next week sharing more of this whole past life, past year, past life, past year, and looking back to see what other shifts and major changes that we've done. We'll both be right here, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.